You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Pat. How's it going? Good, thank you. Good, good. So we've just uh, so we're in a different locale, aren't we? We're in a different locale. We just had to drive up into the big smokers, yes. like to call it. So there's not owls hooting and kangaroos <laughs> to be dodged on no. the way here. It's there's trams dinging and uh, yeah, people honking in the background. Yeah. So we've got to. I hope you can pick up the notes because it's a bit of culture happening out the back and it's a different sort of culture than Absolutely. what might come through Shanksville. Very, very true. But it's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. No, pleasure. Nice to uh, nice to host you. So, yeah. all good, all good. And how's, uh, how's everything else? So, obviously, last time we were digging into, you know, I guess a few thoughts around kind of where, yeah, kind of where we where we find ourselves in terms of kind of democracy and kind of i guess the role of digital in that so over the last week i mean kind of what reflections have you had main reflection has been um that i think my suggestion is definitely problematic but i still want to explore it around data being your vote and you got to Mm. put your actions where your mouth is and what that would look like i think it's it'd be very revealing i think you hinted at it last week around that we might get a lot more of what we don't want because it's just convenience killed the cat um and i think that's what the data would say but i think uh, as a thought experiment it leads us into interesting places around how do we engage and bring our democracy into into digital Mm. um and it excited me because once i got past that initial sort of hiccup and realizing that's problematic like everything um with change and it needs to be interrogated was The democracy does need to be brought up to digital and mm-hmm. what goes on there. But the biggest point that sat with me was where, demo- your, to your point, was where democracy has come from and how we do need to maybe address that. That mm-hmm. is something that uh, carries big legacy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, I'm particularly, I think it's, you know, there's probably a couple parts to it, I think, because I, I think we have to run the thought experiment in terms of yeah. what, what happens. But is there, I'm just struck by, is there a difference between digital and data? So is there actually, in terms of kind of the way that that's actually, actually represented? Because data to me is more about kind of how we act in the world. So it's the, mm. it's the kind of the hidden signals of actually how, how we've behaved. And this idea that we're broadly tracked in, in doing that is doesn't matter really you I mean for the sake of this conversation your worldview on that but we are so it is it would be pretty easy to figure out exactly how we behave and how we make choices and therefore extrapolate what's important to us but that's already happening mm. right so that but then but it's the, commercialized not democratized yeah correct correct so it's kind of gone it's gone in a different direction um, around that so but in a in a democracy in theory kind of one person one vote how in your mind would you kind of reconcile using digital tools with data tracking so to speak well that's where i think this intersection with sort of the new web 3 and what's going on with decentralization you can make data autonomous Mm. in that sort of scenario where it's not attributed to a person joe living at x or pat living at y 
It's yep. just a data set that's verified that it's an individual, it's a person, but it's completely scrambled. So you can't actually attribute it to mm. an individual and manipulate in a surveillance state. That was when I went went to bed and I'm like, oh my God, that suggestion was just like <laughs> yep. a recipe for super totalitarianism. Yep. Um, yeah. But I think there's, there's different ways. So you're not recommending like a happiness index like you might find in like China. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was no. sort of a way to d- figure out like where it comes from. And I think it's maybe we can explore it a bit more is trying to figure out how to engage past that one vote, that ballot box and try and break out mm. of this popularity contest that we're in. It feels like we're in American school hall like, and we're voting for yeah. like who's going to be school captain. I never had that experience, but that's the only way I can assimilate. Like, that's similar. It looks like watching a movie. Yeah over again but really clunky characters that just haven't been cast that well <laughs> yeah and what do the kids want more recess yeah free free snacks at, at, at lunch right <clears throat> that's kind of the world we live in at the moment exactly and how to break out of that and how to have more points of contact for democracy and how to put onus on individuals as much as possible to feel like they own hmm. those directions a little bit more because at the moment it just doesn't feel like there's place for that and I think you need to breed that culture back into it it can't be a straight heavy onus is on you your actions because it just hasn't been that for a long time yeah yeah and um yeah like since we last spoke I mean my reflection kind of just building on that Mm. was there are ways in theory like I was wondering is like with most things how can you create like a hybrid way of doing it so could it be that you use something like blockchain, for example, where you actually look at the issues in terms of kind of, you know, as an individual, you, you're broadly able to actually go, this is exactly what I think around very, very specific things that are within the control of our nation. So economic direction, um, approach to climate, approach to inclusion, etc. And you rather than kind of take this um this force voting thing that we have here. The other thing that you also are forced to do here in theory is also do like your ABS kind of statistical um, census. So I'm wondering why rather than just that being mm. like a, um, a where I live, what I, what I do and kind of like how many people are in my house, um, which is kind of doesn't really serve anyone. I was just wondering if that can be actually become much more specific around the issues that matter to me. And therefore there is a point of record for our politicians because so much of what I see going on, on in the world at the moment is not, it's not that um, parliament, like, in, uh, you know, you can tell I've been digging deep into this. So parliament is really, it's our elected representatives coming together, or you could say that it's Senate, however that is, or House of Representatives, whatever um, structure you're in, whether it's, uh, you know, kind of, a, I guess, kind of state-based federation, or kind of a you know, more UK-style parliamentary mm. democracy, is that that that's, maybe that's not the part that's broken. Maybe the part that's broken is the discourse that goes around, and the way that the way that facts are portrayed coming from the population it's almost like we put these people in power and then they play back to us stuff that we didn't agree with to begin with right and it's a very interesting point you're Mm. touching on a great i think it's a very clever bill for one Mm. trying to use the existing structure that we have and using the census data i don't know if international listeners have a similar program but we get paper base fill out tick boxes yeah our digital system crashed in it yeah yeah um and i think that's clever in terms of just introducing something if you were ever ever to do that and how to marry the two and build off something that is analog into digital and sort of introduce that but then the most interesting piece you say there is that 
that playback is is broken it feels very unauthentic and it feels very manipulative in terms of what is being played back and what agendas are being trying to be pushed as a result of that playback yeah yeah because i think the commonality we're both trying to find is like a basis of fact right a basis of fact rather than a basis of of opinion and that you know and obviously people can and it's you know i'm always struck by that there's there's a gap that exists at some level between what people put out in the world in terms of what they kind of you know put out in their external stuff and we do it all the time everyone does it it's not a judgment call every single person moderates their behavior to the situation that they're in it's the definition of being human however their held views behind all of that are often not necessarily seen but i feel like what happens in democracy at the moment is that our our ability to coalesce as a society around things that truly matter to us has become kind of two things, right? Which is that it's, and this is what gets played back to us time and time again, we'd like to stay a country, right? So we'd rather not get invaded. We'd rather kind of, you know, be able to be, have strong borders, which is kind of, that's one thing most people broadly agree on, but they have different definitions of what that means, but that's something. And we'd like to be able to have a level of economic prosperity, but then the rest of it gets very splintered and kind of goes all over the place. Whereas I don't think when you actually engage with people in a one-on-one conversation, and we talk about this a lot, that's not what you hear. That is absolutely not because there is nuance in their perspective and people do hold a strong opinion on climate, on inclusion, what they want to see done in their local communities, but that doesn't get represented There's no somehow. way for it to be heard. That's no. sort of, I suppose, where we're getting at. Yeah. It's like there's nowhere for that sort of collection of data or space for that to be heard and used constructively. There's, yeah. We always get that when you go to the booth. It's like, how can I fit this idea yeah. that I have and feel very strongly into hmm. then you're already broken on so many different levels you know because you're trying to it's perfect like the the poetics in it all of going to a ballot box to fit your odd long odd shape <laughs> weird opinion <laughs> yeah. into a box is yeah it's just perfect for what we're talking about because hmm. it just doesn't and I think we need to figure out a different pigeonhole to, yeah, to yeah. fit that opinion. And I'm wondering, like, just based off of what we're talking about, like, kind of taking, like, your thought around kind of that, you know, people clearly behave in ways that is kind of like you can clearly see through the, through the data how people behave. But I'm just wondering if there's a data point that becomes the voice of the people, so to mm. speak. And then when you're in parliament, that is actually what sets the mandate, right? So the mandate then, it's almost, it feels like it's, kind of a weird system at the moment and that the mandate is set by the wrong people Mm. and then we vote on our perspective of their mandate rather than do it the other way around it's so true Hmm. yeah how to change that that way of voting onto the mandate and then that I suppose flip that process. It's so almost it like who best fits it, yeah. right? It's kind of in like who do you believe would best represent this mandate for us in parliament, which is kind of like the gathering of, of the people, at least here in Australia. Mm. Or, you know, if you're listening other places, you'd have different systems. But broadly, wherever your representative comes to have a discourse is kind of then they know what the mandate is. And when you vote, it's a little bit clearer around what you're voting for because it's become popular politics for a reason it's about electability it's not about substance anymore and i'm just wondering are we in some ways i started thinking about this because i was like 
I think we expect too much of politicians, right, in terms of their ability to kind of come through because they just, I mean, broadly, it's it's not a great gig. Like, let's let's just be honest, right? It's that doesn't pay well. It's got heavy scrutiny. Um, your whole public private life, you can't do a thing without getting shamed. You can get away with a lot of stuff um, in your own life that you couldn't as a as a politician. You're kind of constantly on show. And, you know, I don't think it's, you know, for some people, they make a whole lifespan of it. But the lifespan of a politician is becoming quite small mm-hmm. because of the damage that it actually causes. So if you take that thought experiment and you go, it's not a great gig, but what's the issue? Maybe the issue is is that if it was, because it would also break apart party politics because it wouldn't really matter, right? Is that that's the mandate of the people of Australia. You have a view on how you're going to deliver that. Yeah, which would be, like if you committed onto that, so I'm trying to take this to the next step because yeah. I, I really agree with that, and then yeah. you commit onto that, and then yeah. I think we start to get into the dynamics of how to swing because at the moment we've got swing votes, then yeah. we, then we've got swing action, yeah, exactly. which would be if we great, great way of putting it. Yeah. Really interesting in terms yeah. of it changes the dynamic because at the moment it's change opinion, but then hmm. I suppose that's what makes so interesting about action. Yeah. Speaking loud of the words, then you have to swing action to change. Yeah, and I love that. I think that's such a powerful thought is that it goes from kind of being that we have to influence opinion and broadly kind of um, coalesce about the stuff. You would clearly see where the points of disconnect are in the population. And then your job would actually have to become about coalescing that in some ways, but having a point of view and an opinion on how you're going to act in, in that space. And you'd probably win or lose by it, right? So I think you would get out of this kind of debate in this quagmire we get into which is just really two two versions of vanilla ice cream that's all we vote on that's that's it well said. and then or you can decide you don't want ice cream and you just want to basically be like stuff that i'm just going to throw my ice cream on the ground in protest which is what typically a independent candidate unfortunately because they're not part of a party structure tends to be they're the spoiler and the ice cream they're going to make it go off in a way that you're hoping will influence that whereas this would be more Everyone agrees about that. So it's just taken for granted and every Australian would know what we agree on and then what we've got to actually kind of align on. Mm. So it could be on climate. We all agree we have to do something, right? We've had this debate before, but perhaps the way that you'd get a novel idea would be to bring everyone together. We could talk about grid transformation Mm. as an example, as just a kind of held example about that that would enable us to get to our 2050 targets and everyone would benefit. And you would have to stand up and talk about that. You'd have to have a view on it, not on economic management, security of our borders, all of this kind of, they'd become table stakes. Exactly. And you have to put a case forward, provide the facts, provide the figures, even if there's bias allowed in there. I think it, I think that's something that you've got to admit in, in humanity's existence. We have inbuilt bias. Of course we do. So I think that's yeah. sometimes democracy shams you and says you, mm. you don't in a weird way. I don't know, sometimes it feels like that's, yeah, a bit of a veil. I don't know if anyone believes in that anymore, but well, I think what's changed, I guess, Pat, is that like you know when we because we we touched on it a few times with like the history of it. It used to be basically um, male landowner owners yeah. got to vote, whereas now mm-hmm. in even particularly in Australia, I mean, I'm always struck that you have to vote, right? It's, so it's it's actually a right and an obligation, which I, I think is fascinating and great. Um, however, what it's done in our in our popular discourse is that it's everyone kind of competes and then we've got a preference system which is basically almost ballot spoiling really in in a way that in terms of it actually that it actually works 
But that said, I think what is interesting is we're forced to participate in our democracy here. And that's that's really great. And it could work with things like this, you know, in terms of like from a census perspective or whatever it becomes. But I like this idea of the voice of the people mm. being something that digital tools that are can kind capture. of unique identifier blockchain could do it tomorrow. It would be very easy, actually very easy to do. Yeah, and to set up and like mm. agree upon those things and use the existing structures that we have to yeah. then springboard and develop things as we go. Yeah. The tricky thing that we come up against is then how does that interact at, well, a, at a global... The, and who holds the, the, the data? Yeah, well, right. that's so sensitive. <laughs> that's just... But in a blockchain thing, like, I mean, you're, you're much better on this sort of stuff than, than I am in terms of kind of where, where well, that Well, it can be go. genuinely scrambled and no one will know. But then who... who um, whoever uh, analyzes it, yeah, like that, that would have to be so transparent. In well, that's where you can have it open source. You'd have to have it open source. You know, that's we have that tech now, and it's getting a big, it's getting a big push, mm. not just by the muskies, mm. um, and showing its value because anyone can dive in and have a look. Yeah, um, and there's enough literate people now to disseminate whether it's truth or not. Like, of course, this, this system, every system, I think that's when we have to be straight up is never going to be the perfect solution. But I think we have to start pushing forward and pass what we're at at the moment because coercion of action as we talk, it just moves. But I think at least it's action moving because I think that's what we need to get past at the moment. There's so much, there's still be control of the narrative, but there has to be, we have to get past just climate talk, climate action, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's always been the problem. Yeah. And, and it would change the news cycle a little bit because the news influences politics so much. Yeah. And it would change the way campaigns are run and everything like that. But, yeah, to answer your question, um, for sure, I would suggest open source. That's yeah. how I'd sit. So you can actually see how it's used, where it's moving, the way it's going. Yeah. And there's some, I guess, kind of like anyone could interrogate it and come to exactly the same solution, right, or to the same answer. Well, the same data set. Same data They're like, set. this is how they got to the data set. And then people couldn't scrutinize it. And you can have yeah. conversations around, oh, maybe they didn't. But, like, at least yeah. it's there. It sort of pulls back the curtain a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, let me ask you this. Do you think we'd be surprised yeah. by what we'd find? We'd be horrified. We'd be horrified. But I think it's better than mm. just pretending like this charade that we yeah. play in, which is complete bullshit a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's just calling bullshit on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then giving us an opportunity to actually do something about mm. it. But I don't know, because that's where the world sort of sits, at the fulcrum of whether we go full leadership, dictatorship, leaders help us. Like, we've got a bit of a weird thing as humanity in our history that we have to follow someone to do something. But there is another wing now going, and it is saying that we can all contribute. And this is the all-contribute moment. And Uh, that's where you could take democracy and going, we have finally the tech to do it. Do we actually want to take ownership and responsibility for our pieces of contribution? <laughs> yeah. So I guess where we can go next with it, though, is that it's like it's it's quite an obvious idea, right? When you actually kind of when you look at it. So yes, the tech is still emerging, etc. But you know, kind of digital democracy certainly has already been, um, you know, in terms of the I guess the security of the data set. We've already done that, and that's already been proven to be effective in terms of you can have arguments about it, but we've had digital elections, and it works. Mm-hmm. So there's no, real, there's no real hindrance, right, so in terms of actually being able to do this. But then it kind of gets into this thing, which you know, I think is really great, the way that you frame that, is that 
it's kind of gone one way, which is it bec- it's become about like platforms that kind of, you know, like Twitter, for example, you can have an opinion, but no one listens, right? I mean, you can, it doesn't matter in Twitter, right? It's just, it's, it's an argument and it's kind of, you know, like for, ex- ex- you know, I think it's interesting that Elon Musk has purchased it because he is almost the personification of that platform, right? In terms of that, it's basically, if you're famous, if you're opinionated, and if you want to broadcast to the world what you think the world should be, happy days because it doesn't it actually doesn't matter the reach is huge right and then but if you are a little bit more considered and you actually want to kind of engage in debate forget about it because it's just going to polarize instantly that's what that platform is but there's lots of places we can have opinion but very very few places where our opinion is actually considered and actually matters and what's interesting is that you can quite easily argue the point that even in the voting box, that's also happened, right? So it's become an opinion that is not considered anymore. Okay. And it's almost like it's it doesn't actually matter where, where we go. But this would be more about it actually, you would quite clearly see what everyone thinks on on where we're actually at. And it could be that, you know, the, the average person inside Australia at some level doesn't want to do anything about climate right doesn't you know like i'm always interested like i've done work in the past around like recycling for example most people don't want to recycle most people just be happy to throw everything in the bin and have someone fix it but if you break apart that system and you basically make it the standard that you that they have to do it they will do it right they will do it because they won't get their garbage picked up it's an enforcement issue it's not a intention issue and you see that in a lot of kind of these these push and pull scenarios but that said that would be another interesting thing about this is that the voice of the people might stay here but then as a popular um politician you would have to respond to that somehow and make the argument to move forward so yeah yeah where do you leverage that movement forward Mm -hmm. um trying to pick a place to go next week would be yeah well i mean i think that's that's a great spot to kind of land Yeah, yeah to kind of get into some of the pros and cons of that style of approach because what you're I think what we're both talking about is trying to snap inertia yeah and this kind of it feels like we're on a train to disaster right to it's just to nowhere well not even to nowhere to a bad place yeah right? if I would accept nowhere like nowhere is a I think nowhere is where we've lived a lot of our lives yeah, I guess. you know what I mean like the, Holoc- the Holocene yeah, for yeah. humanity has been nowhere yeah. Right, it's been ideal, perfect conditions for us to basically broadly act like our actions have zero consequences. If we're frank, yeah, that's a good. Point. Yeah, but then as you look towards that, it's it's now a negatively framed future, but without taking action against it. And with our actions are so much in the spotlight now, like we're really framed it as our own fault. Yeah, um, which is an interesting one. So maybe mm-hmm. it, there is hope for actions to speak louder than words for once in our history. And I'd be really on on the back of that. What I'd love to chat about is the power of I think both of us experiences in our professional lives is having people's voices be actually heard and what that does. Mm. If we can create a space where people feel heard, what that can actually do in creating ownership and participation. Yep, spot on. We'll see what breaks that down. All right. Well, yeah. we'll dig into pros and cons and next week. Let's do it. All right. Cheers, Pat. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.